welcome to the Content Collective Podcast with Kim and Takara. The workshop-style podcast is giving you actionable tips to help you create content that connects and organically converts. Now, Takara is a content marketing strategist who comes from ad agency life, working with brands such as Nike, Microsoft, and T-Mobile. She's used content marketing to grow her and her husband's brand into a six-figure business. Kim is a real estate professional and a biz strategist that has used content marketing to amplify her message in her community. She's passionate about community revitalization and has used her platform to develop programs for small businesses that puts thousands of dollars back into underserved communities each month. So if you're searching for tools to help you amplify your brand message and grow your influence, this is a place to be. Grab something to take notes and get ready because we're about to dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the Content Collective Podcast, the workshop-style podcast that gives you actionable tips to help you create content for your brand that authentically connects um, and organically converts your audience, actually. Um, I'm Takara Martin, and you're also being joined by my childhood bestie and biz bestie, Kimberly Kanas, and we are about to take you deep into what we're calling our coronavirus business strategy, all about rethinking sustainability during this pandemic because if you run a business of any type, you realize you've had to get really creative with how you are now dealing with people and your business as a whole. And we're going to give you some more tips to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and tag Kim in virtually because she's in California. I'm in Georgia. I'm going to tag her in and have her introduce these amazing tips that um, we've got for you today. Hey. Hey, everyone. So me and Cara thought it was just so important not just to do a you know podcast workshop on business strategies during coronavirus but what we really wanted to truly delve into is how you as an entrepreneur as a business owner can truly pivot your business during this pandemic really rethinking sustainability and keeping in mind your profit line because let's be honest we're all in business for what to make money. Exactly. We understand the importance of it. Exactly. I mean, people, this is their livelihood, how people are putting literally food on their table, feeding their families. We truly get the importance of staying afloat. So, and let's be honest, with this coronavirus craziness, will it last another month? Every single time I listen to the news, it's like something different, 2021, 2022, like what's going to happen? And so every time I turn on the news, I'm just like, I'm trying to prepare and brace myself and my business. <laughs> but I'm going to have to pivot today. Like th that's my word of the, of the year is just pivot. Just like forget. Yeah. Pivot. <laughs> serious. No, it's so serious. And I mean, I don't know how it is there in Georgia. I'm here in California. And so it has literally been this like teeny totter of, oh, there's phase one opening and then, okay, we're in phase two, but phase two has two stages. So it's like phase two, stage one. <laughs> so it's like hey. a little confusing. <laughs> it's crazy. But so yeah, we, we highly think it is imperative for all entrepreneurs to really start readjusting, rethinking and planning for business survival. And when we say business survival, we are really thinking long-term, not just during a pandemic, not just for the summer, not just for the fall, really long-term. We really want you to have longevity and staying power and doing what you love to do. 
Yeah. So, I mean, things like this that happen in our environment, in our ecosystem, have a, a tendency to change how we do business for the long term and long haul. Um, so many companies even now, like I think Twitter announced last week that they're allowing their workforce to choose to work from home, like indefinitely. Like, so if you yeah. feel safe. And so it's like nowadays you have to think from a long term strategy perspective, because now for people who are extreme germaphobes, I mean, present company included. Me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to go into build buildings or businesses or anything because you can't trust people are nasty you cannot trust it so Girl. <laughs> you're having to seriously reinvent your your business economic wheel for how you're going to deal with people not necessarily trusting their environments that they're walking into oh that is so that right there really is it not trusting and i think with a lot of this and a lot of misinformation unfortunately people just don't trust what's going on out there so you do have to keep in mind how are you going to now position your business you know especially if you've had a little bit of uh, notoriety in your field mm -hmm. where you've had a client base that trusted you how are you going to continue keeping that trust ensuring your clients that hey i'm doing what i can to keep you safe, not just make money. I truly care about your safety. I think that is so, so important when it comes to pivoting your business. Now you're not just thinking about the service or value that you provide to your consumer, you know, especially if you have a brick and mortar business, you're now thinking about that, that value has to come with the, the safety tag on it as well. You have to position yourself to really visibly show your consumers, you know what, I'm doing what I can to make sure that you don't just love what I'm doing, you love my product, you love my service, but that you are safe when you come to enjoy my product or service. Yes. So I think we have some questions that I think any business owner should be asking themselves right now to really help themselves pivot their business. Um, one is, do you have a niche business? If so, is now the appropriate time to scale your business and add services or products that are currently in need? Um, for instance, I don't know how it is out there in Georgia, but right now, hair salons, barbers, still not open. Yeah. Um, so completely understand this is a, an extremely tough time for the service industry of beauty when it comes to eyebrow, eyebrow threading, um, barbers, um, even, you know, weaveologists, braiders, you know, yeah. all those fields, unfortunately, have to deal with beauty, have been in this hiatus state of mm -hmm. uncertainty, not knowing when they can come back and actually provide their service and make money. So yeah. that <clears throat> it's been difficult. So, you know, you have to consider, unfortunately, we may have another wave of this pandemic. And if your business gets shut down once again, what are you going to do? So I you have Sorry, and go I ahead. keep trying not to cut you off. I'm like, no, go for it. I love it. <laughs> Your like, brain is going. I'm listening to, um, always listening to stuff, right, um, on the news or podcast or whatever. And speaking of hero people, I know one girl um, in New York who was a colorist. And, you know, colorist, you can make upwards of $1,000 a day coloring hair. Um, yeah, it's so, expensive. <laughs> 
extremely expensive. One of the things she started doing is she started a YouTube channel showing people how to color their hair. And then she started selling the coloring kits, whether you were going full on and coloring your whole head or you were doing touch up highlights and things like that. She completely reinvented the game in her business. Like, well, if I can't bring people in, let me show them my techniques. And then she's building trust. Cause I think one of the things is like, Hey, if I show you my techniques, then you're not going to come to me afterwards. No, I like to go and be pampered. So I'll do it right now while I have to. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to then go pay you because you found a way to still serve me and help me when you couldn't do it yourself. And I love that you said that because I think that's what key is key. I think a lot of people start feeling like, well, if I do that, then they won't come back. Mm -hmm. Then I lose my business. I lose my clientele. And you hit it on the nose. That's not necessarily true. People appreciate you more because of what you have selflessly done. I mean, yes, you are spinning your business and you're trying to get that profit, but you're doing it so in a way that you're still caring about your clients. Yes. And people genuinely appreciate that. So please don't think of it as a way of, oh, well, now I'm giving away my business. I'm going to lose my business. That's not true. Absolutely. So going to that, when it comes to, you know, how she pivoted herself and is now on YouTube, that brings to the next question. Have you been dreading social media? Oh my God. I run into so many people that hate it. <laughs> they just despise yeah. it. They, they don't understand it. They don't want to understand it. You know, unfortunately, that's where it is, especially depending on the age range of your consumer. I mean, people are on social media. That's kind of like the way of life now. <laughs> More people are going to meet on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok than they'll probably meet walking down the street. Absolutely. So, I was, um, one of the things that obviously brick and mortar, if you're in a physical store all day, nobody really takes seriously what it like, okay, if I'm on social media, how am I then getting them into the store? So I think that's an extra layer of brain power that most people don't want to spend. Um, if I have to get into social media now, what yeah. do I do to get them in? But I think you have to start taking it seriously because Facebook just yesterday, I don't know if you heard about this, they just rolled out Facebook shops. Um, where they're now enabling brick and mortar stores to easily and seamlessly, like even for like the technically dumb, like people who just <laughs> like technology, right? They're going to allow you to seamlessly set up your shops on Facebook. So that way now you can have a different avenue to um, get people into your stores virtually without having to do that. And you know what you got to have in order to uh, have those shops? A Facebook account. So yes. <laughs> and then and also you're going to be able to lead people from Instagram to your shops. So when you are really looking at um, how seriously you should be taking social media, you're going to get lost in the mix and in the shuffle and your business could effectively die if you aren't taking at least one social media platform uh, seriously right now. Completely agree. Seriously, if you are not doing at least one, you're, you're, you're hurting your business. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You yeah. truly are. It's a platform that's not going away. <laughs> it's, it's here to stay. It's, it's going to have longevity. So if you want to have longevity, you have to jump in that social media game. Um, like Cara said, you don't have to do everything. Um, you know, you can't be a master of everything. So don't try to hop on YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, 
um, don't overburden yourself. Definitely choose one platform that you can master and get really good at, stick with it. Um, if it grows and you want to scale at that point, but just start with one. Don't make it too cumbersome. And you know, with more people being at home now, everyone's online surfing the internet and on social media, right? So why not take advantage of that opportunity? And the demographic Those are potential customers. Yeah, the demographic is changing. People think like oh, older generations aren't on social media. And honestly, they're on a lot more than you think. And if you look at the numbers, it's rising more and more. There are more and more mamas and grandmas on social media than they were five, six years ago, one year ago. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mom, like how many of us are hiding from our parents on social media? Um, so it's, <laughs> it, it is growing. funny. <laughs> it is vastly growing. Well, no, it's hilarious. I, I think some of the most popular TikToks are not like what you would think, like 16-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, just one the other day was a, a man, you know, an older gentleman, like singing to his wife. It was hilarious. But I mean, it's it's catching on. Like you said, it's not just for the young at heart, you know, it's young at heart too, <laughs> so to speak. I think there was a dentist's office in high I want to say Pennsylvania, I could be wrong, don't quote me, but the dentist, what she did to boost her clientele was she got on TikTok mm. and she ended up becoming this, uh, you know, viral video overnight sensation. And now she's packed. I mean, her business is flourishing and it was all off TikTok. And I'm going to be honest, for me, I won't say my age group, but... <laughs> I'm not in the 20 something year olds. I would have never thought TikTok for a dentist's office. At so, all. Yeah. And the businesses that are winning are the ones that can get creative. And I think um, companies like the Content Collective that, that we run can help you with how to create a strategy that implements something that you wouldn't have even thought of um, beforehand. Um, that's what this podcast is for, but also that's what we're here for is because a lot of times when you're in the weeds of your business, you seriously cannot um, really see what can be happening on the outside if you just take a step back. And so if you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get on social media? How am I going to pivot? How am I going to do all this? That's kind of what you have coaches and stuff like us there for as well that can really help you just take that and really think just a tad bit differently. And the smallest simple change could make all the difference for your business that has now lost, you know, 80 to 100% of your profits during this time. Absolutely. Sometimes it's so hard to kind of step outside yourself. Yep. So that's what we're here for. <laughs> Absolutely. No, so let's keep going. One of the next things, um, and this is in particular for those with um, a product-based business. Do you deliver mm. or offer curbside service? I don't think people realize just the importance of those two options in reaching consumers, um, especially right now for our foodpreneurs. If you own a restaurant, People are not just afraid to come out of their house. When they come out of their house, they're afraid to get out of their car. I notice the drive-thrus are packed, but unfortunately, when you pass by typical dine-in restaurants, they're dead. They're mm -hmm. suffering. You know, I'm heavily involved in my community here in San Bernardino, and we reach out to a lot of business owners. And I mean, they've reported that their revenues are down 70 to 80%. Yes. That's huge. 
That's big. That's really big, especially for, you know, we have a lot of historic businesses that have been in our community for literally decades, like 50 years plus. And we have people that unfortunately are having to think about shutting down their doors. Right. And so we really, yeah, it's, it's sad. And we, so we really encourage people, no, because your business, you have to know, is the lifeline of a community. If you are in a community with a brick and mortar, kudos to you. You have a purpose and you have a place. Small business is so integral in communities. Man, so listen. we want well, I was, I'm sorry, and I hate to butt in. I have like, I, no, please. My brain went off really quickly. Um, so, uh, one of the things that I noticed, it was a business, um, I feel like it was in, oh gosh, St. Louis, Missouri. He had like used a service called DoorDash, right? So he, oh, yeah. he used DoorDash and he made, let's say a thousand dollars. And, and, and one of the things that people misunderstand, um, is, is companies like DoorDash that they're a hundred percent helping businesses. But when we got down to the brass tacks, he like listed all the fees that they charged him out of a thousand dollars worth of, of business that he made just through DoorDash. They legitimately only ended up giving him $300 of that thousand dollars because yes, mm-hmm. of all of the fees that they charged him. So like, if you don't want to, if you feel like companies like DoorDash is kind of like beating you out of, you know, business and because other companies are using them, I would urge people to think outside of the box. We had one company who was, um, they started creating meal services because while we also don't want to go in places, we don't want to go to the grocery store, AKA we don't want to cook. So they started (laughs) providing meal plans and meal services for people and just delivering dinners um, and things like that just to stay afloat. And people were killing them, gobbling them up. Another thing I thought about if you're an app developer, think about how much money you can make right now if you decided to market app developing services to restaurants in your community that could use it. And basically, you didn't run the app for them. You made them an app and you gave them the app to have so that they can manage their own deliver, like ordering and delivery services through their own website, through their own technology. Stuff like that gives the power back to business owners and the community. So that way they know they're dealing directly with you. And if we want to keep you alive and we want to keep you afloat, we're also now giving you 100% of that support because we know that that money is going directly to you. Just an idea if you develop apps. Boom. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Then you can make now, you can that. Absolutely. No, that's genius. I love that. No, and I love what you said too, because again, I'm all about community, keeping that money right there in the community. That is so integral, especially in cities like mine. That is so important. So I love that. Thank you. That was really good. My pleasure. See, this is why I partner with this girl. (laughs) So we've talked about, you know, actual product-based businesses, when you have something to offer, such as a a restauranteur, let's go back to that service-based industry. Mm -hmm. Because again, that's a hard one. That's really hard when you've been told you got to close down your doors. You can't open up, but you still have overhead. You still have rent to pay. You have employees. Yeah, Yeah. So Let's talk a little bit about that because I love how you brought up the example of the colorist in New York and how she 
literally pivoted her business to online. Many people think in a service industry, well, if I can't service my clients, there's my business, I'm done. Not necessarily true. You have to think outside the box. So pivoting your business in a way that you could still provide a service to your customers without maybe physically being present is so key. One thing too that I want many to think about as states are now reopening, like I said, here in California, uh, many counties are now in phase two, uh, phase two, stage one, or stage two, whatever the stage may be. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're opening up, and I think that is the case for many states across America right now. But again, people are still afraid. People are still kind of skeptical about going in, getting nails done, getting hair done. So you have to switch your mindset to not just, I need to make money. This is a service that I offer. You have to switch your mindset to about protecting the public. That has to be one of your priorities. So as I mentioned before, I'm here in San Bernardino, part of San Bernardino County. And so I know our county is offering a COVID-19 compliant program um, where they are having businesses come and apply for this program. Um, if you're for-profit, even nonprofits that have brick and mortars are able to apply. And when you go through this program, you get a certificate that um, shows the public that you are now a COVID-19 compliant business. They also give $2,000 to companies that complete it. Um, but also, they will provide the required PPE and sanitizer that you're going to need for your business. So you definitely want to start checking in with your local authorities, whether it be your city or county, to see what's available as you're going to you know, transition to opening back up, see what's available. They have great tips um, for um, brick and mortar businesses, service industry. Um, you have to think about things such as even staggering your clients. If you're one of those hairstylists, Woo, God bless you. That would be taking 20 heads at one time. You got 15 people under the dryer. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're going to have to kind of transition, think about ways to do business a little differently because you want ultimately for your clients to feel safe and keep patronizing your business. Um, and listen, this is genius. And, and let's just say you live somewhere like Georgia where they're trash and they don't care whether or not people are safe. Um, boy. <laughs> Is. Like, let's just say, I'm sorry, again, I didn't vote for him. Um, mm -hmm. but let's just say you're in this town or in areas like this. How about you look at a city like San Bernardino in California and you look at what they're doing to become compliant and let's just say you are an educator or you have an education-based business and you care. One thing to implement social media now in your business is start showing how you're implementing uh, coronavirus com compliant ways to do business and start putting out content and help other businesses become COVID or coronavirus uh, compliant. And then again, this helps you create content for your business. It helps you build trust with your customers. And then it helps then other community leaders then begin to look to you as a trusted resource because now you're putting it out there that you can see that, uh, you know, people are, that you're caring for your community and that you're trying to make it safe for people to come to you. Boom. Absolutely. I love that. Promote it. Promote it. Social media. Market, market, market. Promoting not just your services, but promoting how you're protecting the public. It is going to be key in this coronavirus era. People yeah. are going to want to know, what are you doing to keep me safe? So that's awesome. 
So we've been talking a lot about ways that people can pivot, you know, getting into that social media game, whether, you know, you need to app development, websites, cost comes with that. Yes. Facebook's free, but Facebook marketing, paying for Facebook marketing isn't necessarily free. You know, tasking people to manage your social media isn't necessarily free. Website development, not free. So we totally understand we're giving tips, but we do understand that there are costs associated with it. So definitely whatever it is that you are wanting to endeavor to do to pivot your business, we highly recommend that you do a cost analysis. Really research, educate yourself to make sure that whatever new new product you're wanting to add, if it's delivery that you're adding on, make sure at the end of the day that it is truly going to add to your bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. If you're like me, I can dream it. I dream all day long. (laughs) Ideas pop up in my head left and right, but doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea. Make sure that you really fairly research We want you to be successful. We all have dreams. We totally understand, but make sure that is actually going to be conducive to keeping your business afloat and not making you go further broke. Yeah. Yeah. So like not necessarily buying new equipment. If you can't afford to buy new equipment for your business to let's say start recording videos or to start, you know, taking images or shots or things like that, look into your cell phone, like learn how to use your cell phone to capture things for yourself to to create content for your business. If you're thinking of creating a curbside service, can you now afford to hire, you know, someone that's going to run in and out and do those runs? What's that going to take? How is that going to change? And then what, unfortunately, what cost reductions are you going to have to make that is actually then going to enable you to do things that make you COVID compliant um, in this, in this, you know, kind of new era. Sometimes it's in order to stay above float sometimes in order to stay above water, I should say, it's going to require us to reduce something somewhere else so that we can build and gain momentum in another area of our business. And so you have to be honest about what you can and cannot afford to do. And then how much is going to, you know, really um, get you in the end, how much is it going to yield? That's the word I'm looking for. Yield from those changes that you do make and really sit down and know those numbers. If you don't know how to do that, you know, we would urge you to get with, you know, a business accountant that can really help you walk through that. Absolutely. Highly recommend sitting down with a professional. There's so many resources. I constantly task people. If you are in a city that has a local university um, so many universities will offer those resources um, in their business department. It does not necessarily mean you have to go out, you know, finding someone at Charles Schwab or whatever the case may be. And, you know, a lot of people get intimidated because they think, oh, wow, that, that, I can't afford that. I hear that. So I can't afford that. Um, many times you have to ask yourself too, well, can I afford not to? Yes. Yes. And I know a lot of companies too um, can't afford it because they did not um, qualify for some of that PPP, 
Paycheck Protection Program for yes. the government. Look into your local communities, local businesses that are also offering money and funds to help keep you afloat. The government is not the only resource. Magic Johnson is working with his um his investment company, um, they are pledging $100 million to especially women and minority-owned businesses, and they're working with the small business associations across the United States to, number one, vet you as an organization, but they're pledging money to help businesses stay afloat in these communities. So if you're stuck saying like, oh my God, like I didn't get any money from the government, that's okay. Start doing your research on places that are really um, trying to help the community stay afloat so we do not go under. We do not need another depression. And so we- Absolutely. Definitely look into those resources. Yeah, even Cardi B. I just like Cardi B teamed up with Fashion Nova. Really? Um, Yes, I don't know if the giveaway is over by the time people may hear this podcast. I'm sure it might be, but they were giving away a thousand dollars like every hour. Wow. Yeah. So again, that's a great point. Don't just rely on the government. You know, it's so wonderful to see during this horrible time, communities coming together, really trying to help small business and just individuals out, not just businesses, but individuals too. It's been such a blessing just to see community. So absolutely, don't just think about the government. Think outside the box. And I think that's just key. During this time, as a business owner, it is imperative to think outside the box. Man. You totally have to. Sorry. I Seriously. Another idea. Go for it. Go. I love your ideas. I'm partnering like, with somebody. Whenever she interrupts, I get so excited. <laughs> like, wait. And it's like, I can't raise my hand. Like, you can't see me, but I'm like, my hand's going up. Like, what if... <laughs> Think about complementary businesses that you could benefit each other, right? So, like, if you're trying to stay afloat and you're in, you know, a boom to somebody else, think about ways that you can cross-promote each other but also refer business back and forth to each other. Um, I can't think of any at the top of my head. Oh, I love that. So many. Like, I mean, just think about who's out there. Who, you know, who are you running with? Who are you running in the same circles with? I can think about the, the industry that does this the best is the bridal industry right so yes yes always has um, a floral uh, arrangement person or somebody a florist that they have on deck that they're always going to refer business to and vice versa um so things like that if you're in let's say you're in a um um, food service business and you're in that industry, if you know people who host events, if you know people that do things like that, start connecting with them and saying, hey, if you're promoting any events, if you're trying to host anything, let us know. We'll, you know, cater your event for X amount of dollars or we'll, you know, give you a discount or give it to your people. And then that way you start creating a symbiotic relationship with others. Don't just sit at home and be like, oh my God, I'm in this alone. The theme of, of COVID-19 has been we're in this together. Start writing down neighboring businesses that you can begin to create a relationship with and actually begin to go in and sell with. Absolutely. I love that. Collaborations. I love collaborations. Yes, I know. For me and the community ventures that I have initiated and taken part of, collaborations have been key. I mean, even if something is, you may not even think of it, something as simple as collaborating with a local photographer. Yeah, um, that is key. I mean, for we initiated a, a food festival in our city, and 
that was one collaboration that was key is collaborating with our local photographers. They'd come in and take pictures of the event. So definitely, I'd love that because that is so true. Collaborating, thinking out of the outside of the box of who can you help and who can help you? Because again, we are all in this together. I love that. Yay. See, whenever you interrupt, I know it's about to be bomb, girl. <laughs> My head just goes crazy. Sorry. No, don't apologize. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And also, I mean, one of the things, me and my husband, we, we call it competitive um, because <laughs> we've been in an environment where for so long we've been taught and built to compete with other businesses in the same industry or compete with people in general. And I think if, if this has taught us nothing in this environment is that, again, we do all need each other. So I, I would encourage you to begin to fix your mindset and take it from a place of, remove it from a place of, of competition and, and really pivot into a place of collaboration. You can get done so much more if you begin to collaborate with another company or another business and you don't think of them as competition in that process. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there really quickly too. No, I, I think one thing you have to realize, especially, you know, if you are in a space, you're in that space, it doesn't mean there's only room for one. I call it the nail theory, uh, the nail salon theory. Mm -hmm. Anywhere you go, I don't care what state you're in, there are nail salons everywhere. And you have to think, okay, how do they all thrive? Because there's room, there is room in the market for more than one. Yeah, so. Room. Thank you for tuning in to the Content Collective Podcast. How would you like to receive a free 30-minute content strategy call with us? Every month, we select a lucky winner. And all you have to do to win is screenshot this episode and share it in your IG stories. Be sure to tag thecontentcollective.io. If you're on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review as well, because we can't grow without you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.